There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply, if rated PG. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Welcome to another episode of That's What People Do. It's been a long time since you've heard me do the intro, so you've forgotten my name. I'm James, and I'm joined by Ryan. How are you, Ryan? Yeah, I'm good. I'm good. Uh, we should probably tell people why it's you doing it, not me. Yeah, so we, I don't know, for a, a little while ago, Ryan took over sort of the audio side of things, and I took over the part of the podcast that hasn't really been doing much in terms of article writing. Um, but I've been doing video stuff. I will defend myself with that. But you've got me today, which is really exciting. It's like a special. Yeah. So that's good news for everyone. Mainly because, as I mentioned on the last episode, which was about um, Pedro Rodriguez, the Dexter, Brazilian Dexter. Um, oh, yeah. He, I mentioned at the end of that one that uh, thanks to our patron listeners who voted, our next episode is going to be, or the next episode that I write, realistically, because not not necessarily going to be the next one, but it's the next one I write, which is what I'm in the process of doing now, is about um, Mother Teresa. Teresa. Um, so I'm in the process of writing that right now, which means I've asked James to take the reins and just get an episode in between so you guys don't have to wait for so long. So, yeah. And I did it gladly. Glad it was nice to be back writing again. I found it really interesting, especially because... I, I just I sat there and thought, what's interesting me at the minute? Because everyone must be interested in what I'm interested about. Um, so you're probably familiar with the trend going around TikTok at the minute of uh, how often do men think about the Roman em- uh, Empire? Yeah. How often do you think about the Roman Empire, Ryan? Do you know funny? So I, I've seen this about and then um, Jenna, my partner, asked me this. And I was like, I was like, Jenna, I'll be honest with you. If you was to go onto my YouTube recommended videos list right now you're going to find at least three videos that are about ancient rome yeah. <laughs> that i i will casually just watch in yeah. bed 
before I go to bed. Um, so I think about it quite a lot. Um, yeah. Do you know what it is as well? I I gotta say it's, it must be a UK thing, like it, it, or at least an English thing, right? Because the, we learn about Romans from early doors. Mm. We we're learning about Roman history is such a like a thing for us here in the UK. Um, you're like, oh, what did the Romans ever do for us? All that kind of stuff. And we <laughs> learn about roads and yeah, gladiators and all that kind of stuff. But like, we learn that. So it's almost like I don't know, like. It's something we know, so to ask how many times we think about it. But I suppose it's boys as well. I don't know. Maybe it's a boy thing. We just I think about it. Man. When I'm sort of on my Rome off-season where there's no reason to think about it, it must be like, I don't know, once a week maybe. But then at the minute, it's heavily every day. And I'm talking for like long periods as well. <laughs> Especially with this trend, like I'm all over Rome. So much so I've, I've got my algorithm at the minute to just be about Rome on TikTok. It's absolutely fantastic. And it's, yeah. put, it's got me to a point where I've even booked a fucking trip to Italy to go to Rome as well as various other cities. So that's coming up. And I'm very excited about it. I think in England, because our history is so intertwined with the Romans, like a lot of our civilization is thanks to Rome when yeah. they conquered us. Um, so I think that's why we think about it quite a lot. Yeah, and like there's some fantastic films that are set during that time, like Gladiator. Um, oh, Gladiator! There's about, fantastic. There's one like about like Ninth Legion. I think it's got like um, who's the fellow? It's, it's, it's the one with up. Channing Tatum. That's it's, it's, the, it's one. the one. Yeah, that film. I don't know how I feel about it, but I it was okay. Yeah, I mean, and for us on the show, we've covered a lot of ancient Rome. We've covered like um, Julius Caesar. We've done um, Caesar, Caligula, Caligula. Uh, who else have we done? Oh my god, we've done quite a few more. We've got Boudicca, which involves the Romans. Boudicca well. was heavily with Rome, yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah, Rome, Rome for us is big. I love it. Yeah. So we'll do this announcement here. In my trip to Italy, this isn't until mid-November, so I think that it, this will come out start of December, maybe, depending on how quickly we can throw it together. I'm gonna be putting together a little documentary, sort of by myself traveling Italy so I'm doing Florence, Rome, Naples Amalfi Coast a little bit um, and I'll be taking you to all the historical sites with me looking at all the famous artwork by Da Vinci, Michelangelo and all that and that'll be on our Patreon so if you are interested James May has an Amazon special called James May Our Man in Italy so this is simply going to be James K Our Man in Italy <laughs> so and if it's you're interested be, in that it's going to be less enthusiastic than James May <laughs> It'll be a lot less cinematic. A lot of it will be me talking to my phone. Yes. But it's going to be me in Italy. As uh, I don't know if it was... Uh, is it out there? I think there's there's a blooper for when we did our Patreon video. And it's James K looking at the Golden Hind. And he's like, is that it? <laughs> and we're like, that's the ship that sailed around the world. And you're like, yeah, it looks a bit shit, doesn't it? <laughs> I'm really worried that's going to happen. I think in Italy it might not. It'll be really sad, wouldn't it, to get to the Colosseum, look at it and go, oh, that's a bit smaller than I thought. Mm. yeah but hopefully not hopefully not so yeah I mean, we've rambled yeah. on for five minutes so what it, what is today you're going on about the roman empire so, so it must be about the roman empire and it is and it's an episode about someone that most people believe was wasn't real because of all the sort of the pop fiction about them spartacus <laughs> yeah so so when i when i sent ryan the, that we were doing the episode on spartacus he was like oh i didn't know it was real and when i started researching it neither did i turns out completely real guy i love that it's like valentine and it's saint valentine didn't know he was a real guy yeah so also we're gonna delve also in rome 
God, Rome. All leads, all roads lead to Rome. They really do. I saw a quote the other day. Oh God, I've completely forgotten it. But it was something along the line of like the Roman Empire never fell because Rome isn't a place; it's a way of life. Ooh, and I thought, I like that. wow, that that's huge. I mean, there and is an argument. Go on, finish your point. I was going to say, us men are keeping it alive. Oh, we certainly are. We certainly are. It lives on in our minds. And you can't yeah. kill an idea. Um, there is an argument to say that the Roman Empire officially died after the First World War because of the amount of times it changed and reiterated. Because as we know, the Roman Empire uh, got so big that it broke itself into two. And you had the Western Roman Empire and the Eastern Roman Empire. And there were two different emperors that ran either one. And then the Eastern Roman Empire outlived the Western Roman Empire and became... Um, uh, like the Holy Roman or something, it became Holy Byza- Roman Empire. No, or the became, Bob- became Byzantine. Like Byzantine Empire yeah, yeah. or something, and then it became the Ottoman Empire, and then also the Ottoman Empire lasted until the end of the First World War, and so a lot of people are like, well, technically, the Roman Empire lasted that long, just not as an empire anymore, but it just carried on and it changed and evolved. Yeah, God, and then what you've a got, place. Then you've got the Holy Roman Empire. Which, which is was completely in the Germanic thing. world, which was not holy, not Roman, and not an empire. Yeah, I saw a TikTok of someone asking their dad, "Of Dad, how often do you think about the Roman Empire?" And he turns around and goes, "The Roman Empire or the Holy Roman Empire?" And nice. in that moment, you know that he thinks about them both a lot. <laughs> yeah. yeah, man. Anyway, so, I didn't. I had no idea Spartacus was real, so I'm looking forward to this because we get to talk about gladiators. Oh, mate, we fucking we fucking love gladiators. So I've written a little intro. I've got tried to go for a Ryan intro. For those of you who have listened to our podcast for a while, you'll know that Ryan is more recently doing the episodes and it goes without science saying he's the guy to go to for true crime, blood, guts and gore and that sort of stuff. And I tend to get really excited about ancient history. And though we've both dabbled in in either category, that's sort of, but you can probably attribute more episodes on either category to to one of us. Um, Well, today's a me episode, so lucky you. And given the recent online trend, we're going back to the Roman Empire. So when we think of the Roman Empire, who do we normally think of? Is it Caesar? You can go and listen to the episode. Gladiators, Rhodes, or sort of the advancement of civilization as a whole. Rome was unquestionably the biggest empire of its time and is arguably today the most famous empire to have ever existed. I'm sure some British fanboys will doubt us there. <laughs> but there was once a lone man who made the entirety of Rome tremble and his name was Spartacus. Lots of people presume that Spartacus is just a story, and that's with good reason. Finding actual facts about the man himself is pretty difficult, and although I've tried to double-check everything, if you are a Spartacus expert, please don't have a go at me if one of the stories I found isn't true and found its way into the episode. It's a lot of hearsay, because as they say, history is written by the victors. Spoiler alert, Spartacus is not a victor. So the Romans sort of discredited him. And it was around 100, 150 years later that history books started picking up on him. But one thing we can be sure of, he was real. The ideas of when Spartacus was born vary, but the most common theme is 111 BC. He was a Thracian, which is now Bulgaria, Romania, northern Greece and northwest Turkey. Eventually, the young man would find his way into the Roman army in the, in the auxiliary unit. However, this soon turned sour and the Romans sold him into slavery. Reasons why differ. Some believe he was leading sort of raiding parties, but most commonly they say that he deserted. 
we're immediately going to get onto the part that Ryan's been really excited to talk about. We've all seen the film Gladiator, haven't we? You'll see oh, that yeah. throughout history, there's the stories, Maximus and Spartacus, their stories go hand in hand. A slave fighting against the Roman emperor. Because that is sort of what the film Gladiator is about, isn't it? Maximus is sort of the true Roman. He could have been... He wasn't going to be the emperor, was he? He was going to sort of watch over Rome while because Commodus was a little bitch and Marcus Aurelius didn't want Commodus taking over. Yeah, I think, yeah, I think he would. No, maybe he would have been the emperor. I'm, I can't remember. I need to watch that again. I've been trying to get my partner to watch it. I'm like, you need to watch this. this it's is a, a fantastic film. This is cinematic history. You need to be a part of it. Um, yeah, I swear he was like, he was going to make uh, Maximus Decimus Meridius. Uh, the yeah. He, he was emperor. definitely offered the top job. Yeah. But then... Commodus had his own way about things and then Maximus just wanted to go home to his family, his wife and his son and live on his farm happily he gets there to find his family has been killed by Commodus and then the entire thing is him bringing Commodus to his knees Commodus was a real guy, I think he was Joaquin Phoenix's performance was really good, I don't think it's very historically accurate um, was really good, apparently he did fight in the oh, Commodus Coliseum was, he was like the gladiator emperor yeah. But he he sort of, he cheated a lot. He yeah, made he sure would. that his people he was fighting against weren't as strong as him or were injured. Or, well, but eventually he, 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 back. he died in the Colosseum, didn't he? Or it might have been I in some know. sort of fight. I'm sure he died in battle or like in a in a fight. I don't know. But that could be, honestly, you could do an episode on every Roman emperor because they're so fucking cool. So as we go forward, you will see sort of the similarities between Maximus and Spartacus. At this time, gladiatorial combat was huge, and gladiators were very well treated. Well, those that won. But many gladiators didn't die in the arena because they were expensive and they were property. So they'd often be saved. You know, the film Gladiator, where he puts his thumb up, puts his thumb down. A lot of the time, they'd be completely saved and it would just be a fight. Because why would it, it wouldn't make sense to kill off your top talent. Otherwise, mm. you're going to have to constantly train new people. And that's mm. just not profitable. And they were, they were showmen as well. You didn't just have. You didn't win just by killing people. You could win the crowd, and if you were a crowd favorite, y- you would live. It's like ancient WWE, but there was death. Yeah, absolutely. And the emperors knew that combat sports is a great way of sort of entertaining the masses and keeping the emperor in with the crowd. So if he went against the crowd and sort of killed a gladiator that everybody liked, then the emperor is going to be hated. Hmm. Yeah, apparently there was a big thing, like most emperors when they came into their throne would put on like a big like sporting spectacle where they'd have mass, the Colosseum just be buzzing, there's fucking games going on all the time just to like keep people happy, you know, get everyone yeah. excited for a while and that would be like, oh, this guy's great and then and then shit would get real. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Um, I forget I forget who it was though, I can't remember the name, but there was one Roman Empire emperor who just didn't like it and just closed the Colosseum for X amount of years. Mm-hmm. I, I know the one you're on about, but I don't know the name. No, it's one of them, one of the many. Those who bought gladiators to train often looked for slaves with promise. Here we go. Right, there's going to be a lot of Roman names in this, so uh, a thousand apologies from the offset. Lentulus Batiatus, maybe, was one <laughs> of these men. Thing. Yeah, and he took a liking to Spartacus. Spartacus became a mamillo, which is a heavyweight gladiator. So I want everyone to stop what they're doing and just imagine the stereotypical gladiator in their head. That is exactly what Spartacus looked like. You're thinking like sort of the, the I think it was bronze helmet with sort of like the rim around it 
and sort of like the the chest plate that that was spartacus he was a heavyweight gladiator was he a good gladiator who knows not really any record of it but he survived so the chances are he was either really good at fighting or he was a crowd favorite now we're at 73 bce spartacus well he'd had enough of being a gladiator and he along with a high number of slaves armed themselves and attempted to flee the gladiator school as chance would have it, they, when they were on the run, they stumbled across a cart full of weapons which were headed to a city. They saw their chance and they stole these weapons. Spartacus and the rest of the gladiators made their way to Mount Vesuvius. Now if that name rings a bell, it's arguably the world's most famous volcano because when it erupted, it turned Pompeii and lots of other cities to ash. Yeah, in literally a massive uh, ashtray. <laughs> If you are interested in our documentary on Patreon come December, I will be going to Pompeii and I will be filming that for you. So exciting. Stick around. Anyway, the men set up camp on Vesuvius. Other slaves decided that this was a pretty good idea and it was their best chance of being a free man. Also, some men who were already free just joined up because who doesn't like being a rebel? Mm. The men split all of their p- plunder equally and Spartacus soon rose up to become their leader alongside Crixus and Enamouse. Onamouse? Enamouse? One of them. He dies within the next two sentences, so it doesn't really matter. (laughs) So why didn't Rome deal with this little uprising when it was still in its early days? Well, the simple answer is they didn't think it was a big deal. Rome was basically always at war with someone. They were always looking to expand their borders. If not, they were at war with themselves. They had a lot of civil wars. Their demand to expand the borders of their empire knew no limits as they would defeat other empires after years of intense war. A good Roman leader knew that being at war was a good thing and usually meant that he would get support. So although the might of the Roman Empire could have squashed Spartacus and his squad very easily, they basically couldn't be asked. Was this like... Diet... <sighs> Sorry, is this like height of Rome at the moment? We're in 73 BC. So Julius Caesar is alive, but he's not really who Julius Caesar is going to be yet. Wow. So like that's still like Rome is up and coming. Yeah. Like, well, it's still it's still it's fucking powerful still at this point. Yeah. 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 Like it's been around for a while at this point. And it's like it's not even at its biggest yet, is it? Yeah. This is before the emperors. That's wild. Yeah. So Julius, Julius Caesar is not really in this story, but I reference him at the end. He, he's alive. He's about at this point. That's crazy. So although Claudius, sorry, Gaius Claudius Glaber was the man tasked with taking down the uprising with 3,000 militia. And that's very important to know the difference between militia and Roman legions. Roman legions were the best of the best, highly trained. Militia were just pretty much blokes with swords. They weren't very good. Yeah. There was one road up and down the mountain and Glaber opted to starve Spartacus out. But you're going to have to wake up pretty early to fool our Spartacus because he and his men constructed rope ladders out of vines. They descended down the mountain without being seen and soon enough had their enemy completely surrounded and the battle was easily won. <laughs> it's dumb, isn't it, bro? Like... In what world did you think I'll get a bunch of militiamen to fight professional fighters? Yeah, these are gladiators. They these guys know how to handle themselves. Like that would be like getting, I don't know, your neighbourhood watch to come and round up the local MMA fighters. You're like, yeah, 
it's not going to work, exactly. is it? Like these guys are literally trained killers. Yeah. And they're fucking good at it. Like honest, uh, we've mentioned briefly before the show. Like you haven't seen the series Spartacus that was on Sky One, have you? No. Was it Sky Sky Atlantic, one of the it other. It was it was one. Bro, honestly, it's fucking good. The first series anyway with the original actor who plays Spartacus, unfortunately he dies and he's recast in the second series, I think. Oh. Um um he's so good in it, but like the visuals of these guys is just like they're ripped to high heaven and they're glossy and they're shiny because they're all just, always just got like oils all over their bodies and <laughs> stuff like that like it's it's a lot of like weird like visual body porn really to be honest um but it's like a really good visual representation of the fact that these guys are just super physically fit and these guys are trained killers they're fighters this is literally what they live for they have nothing else to live for i find, I find the whole like gladiator lifestyle absolutely fascinating that the fact that these guys are slaves but are famous and they can like some people sold themselves into slavery to become a gladiator because of the potential profits and wealth that you could get from it oh yeah and then you could buy your freedom and just live your life happily yeah like that's absolutely wild and like i've seen documentaries where like the the living quarters that these guys had in like they're not they're not caged animals like other slaves would have been where they just sort of have a, a quarters and area. Some of these had like proper homes and mm. big apartment areas where they could go. And then you had your training area that you went to, like a football player. Like, I think that's as close, I suppose, as you could probably get to describing what it is. It's ancient WWE, but like they're treated in the same way that footballers are probably are now. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. If that's they they were it. proper icons. Yeah, that's crazy. Like, imagine you could be a kid watching this stuff and you think, I want to be just like him. Yeah, even though I, I wouldn't. High no. high mortality. Um, yeah. But one thing we, sh- we should mention going forward is as Spartacus's army grows, I don't want you to imagine just an army of gladiators because right. that's, uh, eventually it was, it was just slaves of all kinds. Mm. So yeah. they're not all gladiators. A lot of them were just people who were really down on their luck with yeah, a sword. That's fair. Which is why when we get down to points where they're fighting Roman legions and it becomes a lot clearer why they probably didn't fare as well as they could have done. Well, because at that point, they're actually fighting an army and they've only got like, I don't know, a couple of hundred actual maybe generals who are gladiators themselves and know how to fight. They're fine, but not everyone else is. No, and the Roman legions, they were something else. Anyway. Scary. As more people began joining Spartacus and his men, Rome decided to send another wave of men to try and stamp it out. Publius Verinius was the man tasked with this. Waves and waves of men were sent at Spartacus, full of thousands of people, but again and again they would lose, and eventually Verinius himself was defeated and his horse was taken as a spoil of war. At this time, Spartacus's army grew to around 70,000, as stories of their uprising began to spread through the lands. So there's two schools of thought here. Some historians claim that Spartacus wanted to get over the Alps and then disband his army as free men, while others claim that he was fully intent on taking Rome. Either way, at this point, Crixus took one half of the army and Spartacus took the other. Why? Who knows? It might have been because they were arguing about what they wanted to do. It might have been tactical. It doesn't... No one knows for sure. Hmm. The Senate at this point was worried. What had started as a small uprising on Vesuvius had turned into a massive rebellion. So why wouldn't they defeat it with the most powerful army on the planet? 
To admit that a few slaves had created this much of a shitstorm was embarrassing. And an embarrassed Senate is a weak Senate. And we all know what happens to Roman leaders who are deemed weak. Mm-hmm. You get offed is the answer to that. Even the you ones that off. are deemed even the ones that are deemed strong get offed. Yeah. Seventy two BC, the Senate finally decided that it was time to put this to an end. Gellius and Lentulus were tasked with this. Each commanded a legion, which at this point was around roughly four thousand men and a few hundred cavalry. One thing I found in my research which I found really interesting, at the start of sort of every year, Rome would like look at their budget and go, hmm, what can we give to sort of defence and legions this year? And it differed through the years. They, the fact that these guys were budgeting military was... It's, it's what we do today. Yeah, and it's really clever. Like, the idea that... Well, apparently, like, um, they were paid fairly well. Like, Roman soldiers were paid fairly well, and you had to work a certain amount of time you could get a pension all this kind of stuff you can get pay rises pay decreases things like that it's it i think i find it it's, it's wild i find that crazy that like that was a i don't know why it's like something that we think of when we think of like ancient peoples we think they're stupid or something when actually mm. like that's not the case they're really smart no they were very clever like, especially romans Rome, had like, romans had heated flooring yeah, yeah yeah aqueducts heated flooring like their toilets like you know, fairly, you know, decent flush, plumbed, plumbed in toilets, you know. Um, I was watching a video came from on TikTok the other day of how did ancient Rome build bridges. And I watched it and I was like, I didn't know how to do that. That's mad. How did they know how to fucking pump a river in like a certain point? Hmm. Honestly, yeah, we've got roads. We've got so roads clever. today that were built by Romans that you still use. There's a that bridge. we still use. There's a bridge in Spain that was made by a Roman. And like on the top is the Latin and it says like, I, insert name, I'm a Roman guy and I built this bridge in this time and it's still being used still today. there yeah I'm gonna oh, there's one in Florence crazy. called Ponte Vecchio I'm gonna go I think it's like the oldest stone bridge in Europe and it was built by the Romans and it's still used today like that oh actually I've mentioned this before um I, I don't know if I mentioned it on the show but I've definitely mentioned it to you like um when we've just had chats before but there's a theory led this lead theory you remember you remember mm-hmm. i say that so there's yeah. a lead there's a theory that like um serial killers like when this we have this quote-unquote golden age of serial killers in the u.s and whatnot like what happened why were so many people this violent for so long and why are so many serial killers around and there's a theory called the lead theory that like you know back in the day we have unleaded petrol now but back in the day it was leaded petrol and mm-hmm. lead getting out into the air can, is really bad for the human brain and can change things and alter stuff and make you more violent now obviously if you take it back thousands of years the romans had indoor plumbing for their home so they had running water they had toilets they had heating under their floor and everything like that and all their piping is lead lined and the, mm. you know if you go on that basis you could argue that the reason why rome was such a bloody and violent culture was because everyone was like that in a way they're all more violent because of the lead in their diet and in their life that's an interesting theory yeah because like you don't really see much anywhere else of like fighting pits where an entire culture is based around fighting pits and murder and killing people no but it works as well weirdly like it really works yeah it kept the masses down and, and that's yeah. as well. You know, they say the mob. Like, you don't want to upset the mob because yeah, these people are violent. These people are violent yeah. and they will, if they don't like something, they're not going to argue. They're going to fight you. Yeah. It's sort of like the French nowadays, isn't it? If they don't like something, they just start lighting fires. Yeah. Yeah. 
Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. So the Roman legions were massively outnumbered, but you've got to remember these weren't slaves. These were the best fighting force on the planet. So remember how Crixus and Spartacus had split up? Well, Gellius went after Crixus and his men, who were 30,000 strong, and pretty much made light work of them, and Crixus was killed. Allegedly, Spartacus sacrificed 300 Roman soldiers in the memory of his friend. So he'd just capture these guys and sacrifice them because Crixus is dead. Wow. Again, might be a story. That was one of them little things. Um, mm. Spartacus, on the other hand, was tracked down by Lentulus, who he defeated. Accounts vary on what happened next, but sparing you the minute details, Spartacus defeated all that was sent at him, including Gellius, and he now had Rome in his sights. He wanted to take it fast. He set fire to all his unnecessary materials and killed all of his slaves just so he wasn't sort of weighed down. He wanted to physically move quickly. Wait, Spartacus killed slaves? Well, his slaves. So any like Romans that he captured. Oh, okay. Right. I was thinking like, you know, this guy had slaves even though he was once one. Yeah, that that would be defeating the point, wouldn't it? No, I mean like prisoners, I should have said. Right. Okay. Okay. Fair, fair. He now led a 120,000 strong army and was ready to fight Rome. On the way, he slowed down and took the city of Turi and began raiding the local area, which is quite a clever idea because this could mean his army could gather better weapons and armour. Rome, the most powerful empire on the planet, was now shitting itself. Spartacus was a massive threat to their republic, and he, along with his army, needed to be put down before they could take the city. This job fell to Marcus Licinius Crassus. That name might ring a bell for a few people. He's a very famous man. He was a Roman general and is famously known for being the richest man in Roman history. He was so rich that he is now even today considered one of the richest men to have ever lived. Wow. <laughs> Crassus's early career was marked by financial successes and political movering. He amassed an immense fortune through a combination of shrewd, shrewd business ventures, including real estate speculation and slave trading. Um, so one of the interesting things that he did, he re- sort of ran the firefighting force of Rome. And if someone's house was on fire, his men would get there and be like, oh, your house is on fire. Are you going to pay us to put that out? And then if they didn't pay them to put it out, we're like, well, you're fucked then, aren't you? It's just going to burn. And then after it's burnt, he'll be like, that house is really burnt down. No one's going to buy that. 
I'll buy it from you. And then he just bought real estate that way. Wow. That's wild. 100% there's arson attacks. Like, he's doing that deliberately. Oh, probably. Yeah, absolutely. 100%. 100%. But he was really clear. He made a lot of money out of just war and everything. It was his complete business. He was he's criminal. the Elon Musk of his time. <laughs> I guess. <laughs> oh, he was a proper prick, but it worked yeah. for him. Yeah, what dick. Uh, <laughs> and obviously, wealth even nowadays allows you to enter politics and gained him influence with the Roman Senate. What goes hand in hand with wealth? Power. Crassus wanted power, and he knew that if he was to be the one to stop Spartacus, the Senate would look up on uh, look upon him very favorably. This guy was so rich, he basically bought an army, and he was then awarded six legions. Crassus sent Mummius, a legate, which is basically an officer, with two legions to surround Spartacus. Mummius was told not to engage at all, but he completely disobeyed this order and Spartacus just wiped him and the two legions out. Damn. Crassus needed to teach his army a lesson in discipline, so he enacted decimation. Do you know what decimation is? I know what decimation is. Yeah. Decimation is where, as a punishment, you'd line men up and every tenth man, because that's your decimal point today, isn't it? it's the, it's the ten, um, every tenth man would be killed. Basically, that's exactly what it is. That's so the soldiers, the soldiers were split into decades, which are groups of ten, and each decade would then draw lots. The loser of that lot would be executed. Basically, oh. a one in ten chance of dying. That's what. That's scary as shit, bro. That's well, so scary. If you were one of the ones that, like, acted up, you'd never do it again. Well, no, 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 no. I've seen it depicted in some films. Like, they try and, like, really, like, ham those up and they're, like, decimation, blah, blah, blah. And you're like, that's actually a really scary moment. It's like Russian roulette, but I don't know if it's worse. Really, really worrying. Um, Sources about how many men he killed on this vary. Some say it was 50 men, while others say that he killed his entire army, which was thousands. We we don't know. Am I right in thinking, sorry, a legion is a thousand men? At this point, it was about four. Wow, that's crazy. Because a centurion is a man that would be in charge of a hundred, wasn't he? He'd have a hundred men underneath his sort of That makes like, sense, control. the centurion, yeah. 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 It's... To have six legions, that's an insane amount of men. Yeah. Two of them are now dead because they disobeyed. A lot of them then also got killed because of decimation. It's just, it's really funny. It's not. It's horrible for them, but it's funny to think about. Despite being a bit harsh, a bit harsh, he says, it worked. His men were now more scared of him than they were of Spartacus. So they decided to attack again, and Spartacus was forced to retreat to southern Italy. Sources say that Spartacus wanted to take the island of Sicily to regroup. If you imagine the map in your head, you've got the boot of Italy. Sicily sort of the island to the west of it. Um, You now have to get a ferry there. And he paid for some pirates for passage for himself and his men. But pirates, being pirates, simply took his money, went, thanks for that, and just sailed off. (laughs) Spartacus now had his back against the wall. And instead of him fighting head-on, like many had done before, Crassus decided to build fortifications and essentially pin Spartacus in and cut his supply lines. His army, once again, was split in two. And after one blasted through the fortifications and started making their way up north, they were defeated. 
12,000 of the rebels had died and there was one key factor that really pissed Crassus off. His entire game plan at this point was to break the spirit of Spartacus and his men, but he'd failed. Out of the 12,000 men that were killed, only two of them had wounds in their backs. This meant that 11,998 men had died facing the army head on, fighting to the last man, and that is not the behaviour of an army who want to give up. Jesus. 11,000? Around that. Yeah. Where these numbers, obviously, I take it with a pinch of salt, but that's what's said. I mean, yeah, even if it was half that amount, that's still a lot of people who are that determined. Yeah, the moral is that these guys aren't broken. They're going to fucking go at you until the end because they had nothing to lose. Yeah, and also you know that you're fighting. I know you said like not all of them are gladiators, but you know that this is a, a movement started by a very yeah. famous gladiator. So you must think these guys these guys are terrifying. These guys are, are, are animals. Yeah, they will fight you to the death and they'll fight dirty as well. Oh, yeah. Crassus sent Quintus and some men to defeat Spartacus, but they were defeated by the rebels and his men. So here we go. Spartacus was full of fire and he wanted to defeat Crassus and his men, so decided to take them head on. Crassus was now in a race against time. News had reached him that Roman reinforcements were on his way, and if the Senate found out that he was unable to defeat the rebels by himself, they wouldn't look too kindly upon him. The reinforcements that were marching his way were led by Pompey the Great, and if you're familiar with that name, it's because he plays a huge part in one of the most famous chapters of Roman history. Pompey and Julius Caesar fought a civil war against each other later down the line, to which Caesar chased him all the way to Egypt, only to find that he'd been killed by Cleopatra's brother, Ptolemy. Pompey was the last man standing between Caesar and complete power, so yeah, Pompey, in a few years after this story, was a pretty big deal. Mm. Spartacus attempted to call a truce with Crassus, but determined to secure his name in the Senate, Crassus rejected and wanted to put the uprising down once and for all. Now comes the Battle of the Solarius River. This was an incredibly bloody battle, with the Spartacan troops fighting valiantly, but alas, they were overpowered and around 36,000 of them were slain. 6,000 more were crucified along the Appian Way, which is the famous road leading into Rome. 5,000 more fled, but they soon bumped into Pompey and his men and were killed. Crassus was made consul and won favour with the Roman people by throwing a massive feast and even paid for everyone's grain allowance for three months. Jesus. That would have gone down well. Uh, Hmm. Crassus, Pompey and Caesar would all be firm allies at one point until the events of later down the line broke out. But James, this episode is about Spartacus and not Crassus. So what happened? Well, who knows? The chances are Spartacus was killed in the battle by some random soldier and his body was never recovered. Because this is where all record of Spartacus completely stops. Plutarch, a historian writing 150 years after the event, decided to pen a more dramatic death, although it's almost certainly fiction. He writes that Spartacus was fighting through the Roman legions in an attempt to get to Crassus, 
but two Roman centurions fell upon him. So imagine he's fighting through the battle. He's like, he's killing Roman soldiers left, right, and center. He sees Crassus. He's like, I'm going to fucking have you. He is killing everyone in his way to try and get to him. And then two centurions fall upon him. Trapping him, he doesn't give up. He fought valiantly, slaying those around him on the floor, just stabbing, keel going, until he was eventually overpowered and killed, fighting to the bitter end. I'm shocked we've made it this far without this reference. I know most of you all episode have been going, I'm Spartacus, I'm Spartacus, I'm Spartacus. So let's talk about that famous scene. Yeah. In the famous movie, the slaves are told that they would be spared if they give over Spartacus, to which they all stand up and yell, I'm Spartacus! I'm Spartacus! I'm... I am Spartacus! And as a tear goes down the Spartacus's eye, he realises that what he stood for still lives on even after defeat. This absolutely didn't happen, and I know, I'm sorry, it's really sad, but he was slain in battle and his body was never recovered, and all the slaves were either killed or they were crucified. 6,000 of them were crucified. They didn't survive. But what this scene did really well is display the message that Spartacus wanted to send. He wanted to free slaves and liberate those in Rome. And in a way, he kind of did this. He made slaves realise that they could stand up and for a while, they were incredibly powerful. And with these movies and stories still being told, Spartacus's memory lives on. And I would bet my house that most people know the name Spartacus than over the name Marcus Licinius Crassus. Yeah, yeah, good point. I'd, I'd I'd go with that. So, did he win, really? No, he died. But the me- the moral of the story lives on. Yeah, he lives on as an idea. And as we said earlier, you cannot kill an idea. No, exactly. And Rome itself was an idea. Rome wanted to silence this man and what he stood for. It wasn't the man himself they feared, but the message he spread. And now, thousands of years on, his story is still being told again and again. So, in a way, he did succeed. Of course, though, Rome didn't end there. We're still in the time before Caesar, and then we have all of the emperors. So Rome's still got a lot of history to get through. So he didn't defeat Rome. But Spartacus' story is one that will be used as motivation for centuries. And if you are interested in seeing a statue of Spartacus, just go to the Louvre Museum in France. Why it's not in Italy, I couldn't tell you. It's in France. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> isn't it interesting that like someone who had that big an impact can just as far as they're concerned at the time obviously we know now because you know historians know the story and whatnot but like for most people within i don't know a, a generation probably the name Spartacus and his story probably just dies out mm-hmm. um because the empire continues empire moves on and as, like you said, as far as they're concerned, this is just another little rebellion. Yeah. And I find that so fascinating that, like, you know, he stands for something. He wants to do something amazing. And, you know, as far as Empire is concerned, I don't give a shit. <laughs> I find that so interesting. Whereas, like, yeah, now, this... if someone was to raise an army that big full of people to try and stop something and cause that much a ruckus, like, that, that, that could be, like, world-ending. Oh, and yeah, 120,000 people. Yeah, back then they were like, yeah, it's just another rebellion. It's right, we'll sort yeah. it out. That was a blip in Roman history. Yeah, I do like that. There's a saying, you die twice. 
the time you you die physically and the last time someone ever says your name yeah and so spartacus lives on the fact that spartacus still lives on like well over two and a half thousand years like uh, that's cool yeah and he was he was just a slave i think there's so much uh, take everything in that episode with a pinch of salt but you can bank on these battles did happen spartacus was real um he did make rome shit itself for a little bit Mm. and i kind of like that this slave had that impact on the most powerful empire on the planet yeah i like that he he used his like fighting skills to fucking good effect he's like listen fuck these guys and i know i could do this Uh, i've got all the i've got all the skills to do it i love that do you yeah. find as well, like we were mentioning about like gladiators and stuff, how wild like the Colosseum was? Like you're obviously gonna go see it when you go to Rome. Mm. Like they flooded that thing to do <laughs> naval battles inside. Yeah, it's crazy, it. isn't it? They was like, Yeah, fucking flood it and we'll put boats on it. Yeah. And I and I watched I watched like a whole doc like a little documentary talking about it. And they'd make like um replica battleships but obviously scale them down and they'd have yeah. flat bottoms so they don't obviously like run aground in it because they thought it all through and they'd flood yeah. it out and then just have like slaves and prisoners that are sentenced to death to be the soldiers on these boats and then they'd have like you know actual roman soldiers play the good guys and then they'd yeah. obviously they're obviously going to win because they know yeah. what they're doing and like, you think as a spectacle that must have been incredible oh it's better than anything you could do now and it's just Romans were so good with water. They just knew how to control water and they knew that water was the source of everything. Mm-hmm. I find it interesting that like um, the idea of gladiatorial fights, like killing, the blood, the sport, how important that was, you know, for them and how that really sort of only works with a slave economy, right? Mm. So I wonder what your average Roman citizen thought about, you know, Spartacus's rebellion. Whether they were like, "No, nah, fuck this guy! Like he's ruining our way of life." I don't. That's actually really interesting. I don't know. It's like I couldn't... I've seen like documentaries before about like um, Sparta in ancient Greece. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And how Spartans obviously are a warring were a warring nation right that was their whole thing they're all soldiers they all fight they all train from the age of seven blah 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 Mm -hmm. but they could only do that because they had an entire slave underclass that ran everything for them and if that didn't exist they couldn't have done what they did because Mm -hmm. they'd have to work they'd have to do all that stuff and i wonder whether that's the thing with like rome if if maybe there's like this whole subclass of just slaves that they run the place and without them you know, this place wouldn't work as well. And maybe they were looking at Spartacus being like, no, you can't ruin our way of life. Probably. I think you could look at that with every big empire, ancient Egypt, that without slaves would have been nothing. Mm. I think in England as well, feudalism, if you want to count that as slavery, this country was built on slavery as well. America, we all sort of, that was more recent slavery, but slavery nonetheless. Yeah. Um, yeah, absolutely fast. I just think the Romans were really good at entertainment as well. They knew how to occupy people because you've got the Circus Maximus, which nowadays looks a bit like me, sort of like a grass field. But they used to have tra- chariot races there, which is yeah. just that's just that's just really cool. In the film Ben Hur, isn't it? Where they have got like yeah. four four horses abreast, and they've got a big yeah. chariot behind. They got like the spokes on the on the yeah. on the, the the spikes on the spokes or whatever it is. That's so cool. Like yeah, they're just really good at that stuff. 
really i've been watching like sort of videos of where i want to go and there's so many like squares that aren't squares they're sort of just ovals of houses and they're like if you look you're standing in the middle of an oval because this was an arena and they're just everywhere like this Colosseum was obviously the center of rome it was just the the hub of everything Mm. but yeah it's wild and the thing that i'm really excited about is sort of how the renaissance and ancient rome sort of met each other and how yeah. the Renaissance, like Michelangelo and all the architects, looked at ancient Rome and went, "We want to carry on that." Yeah, yeah. Because a lot, a lot, of... a lot of the beauty you see in Rome isn't ancient Rome; it's the Renaissance. So, like yeah. the glad, the, a lot of ancient Rome's gone. The Colosseum, obviously, is um, the Roman Forum, which is now just basically rubble. Is uh, the Pantheon is, and a lot of sort of the chapels that are built after that were based on the Pantheon. Mm. I think it's just honestly I'm so fucking excited I I cannot wait and that's why I've realised recently I love living in Europe because I can just go and do these things and they're so close yeah yeah there's so much history in Europe it's absolutely crazy it'd be interesting to find out like you know go through uh, back catalogue and be like how much of this is just European history and you're like yeah it's probably a lot but this is I mean you've got to apologise to America unless we do one about native americans of which we didn't know much about or the first vikings that landed there there's not really much to talk about prior to the 15 1600s mm. yeah i do find this like interesting time period between sort of like the fall of rome and then sort of that gap in between that and sort of renaissance and the, the stuff that happened in between then like because mm. you have to think as well like this when Rome fell, the Western Roman Empire anyway, when that fell, you've got this massive power vacuum of people being like, right, our, our, our subjugators have just gone and now what? You know, what do we do yeah. with all this infrastructure that's just been left here? Like, especially for like um, Roman Britons when they've got like places like Colchester up the road from me that was the Roman capital of Britain. Um, yeah. and they're just like right well, we've got all this infrastructure like all these buildings like what the fuck do we do with it and it got to a point where we don't need it we don't want it and it just died and it left it got became rubble and i find it so fascinating that it was more civilized as a thing and it they just didn't want it it's interesting like which is why a lot of ancient rome was lost because rome itself as a city just fell into disrepair and it was just ransacked this once hub of everything which is why if you look at the Colosseum now half it's gone um but in all, in all of the arches and the bottom, there were the entrances, but then there's two other le- levels of arches and every single arch was a statue and there's now not a single statue there. Ah, uh, were just was there? They were just destroyed or sold off or... Which is really... I don't know. It's weird, isn't it, that anyone that wanted that, the infrastructure was already there to have and to build something new and they just decided not to. Yeah. It's funny to, like... It's funny that you don't necessarily realise you're in history when it's happening. Do you know what oh, I mean? Yeah. Like yeah. Uh, uh, at some point or other, there were people that were like breaking down the Great Wall of China because they wanted the mortar and they wanted the stones to build their own homes. And it's like you're you're breaking apart something that we now look at as like a cultural phenomena. Yeah, like, of course. Uh, not cultural phenomena, like historical uh, phenomena. It's, it's, a, it's like, a wonder of the world. Yeah, it's a wonder of the world. And people once was just like, it's just fucking a giant wall and I could do with yeah. those bricks. That's crazy. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's absolutely baffling. I really want to like make a point of going and seeing all of the wonders of the world. I think that'd be so cool because you get to see so much of the world. You do it. I'll tick off the Colosseum, but then there's the others, the um, yeah. what pyramids, 
Great Pyramids Wall. Pyramids of Giza, Great Wall, China. Taj uh, Mahal. Oh, yeah, Taj Mahal. There's some others as well, but I forget. Taj Mahal is, um, like, it's, it's symmetrical from every angle. Isn't that the, isn't that the thing? Is it? It's completely I mean, it's, it's, symmetrical it's... on every side. It looks beautiful. That's another thing as well. I'm sorry, this episode is dwindling out now, but it's another thing I love about Roman architecture. When they were rebuilding Rome in the Renaissance, apparently if ever you're in a road in Rome and whichever way you look, at the end of the road, there will be an amazing view. There'll either be like a pillar or a nice building or something. Like everything looks nice. Mm. I'll, try, I'll, try and, I'll try and suss it out. but Yeah. yeah. Damn. Well, there you go. Spartacus was a real guy. Spartacus um, was a real guy. And you've just thought about the Roman Empire for how long is this episode? 50 minutes. About an hour, yeah. Yeah. I love that. Um, well, there you go. So everyone else, if your partner asks you how often do you think about the Roman Empire, you can say I was literally just thinking about it right now. Just thinking about it. I think I about the Roman about Empire so much. Yeah. Yeah, I'm, I'm probably going to go watch some YouTube videos, documentaries on like, you know, the when the roman empire died and fell out yeah. well thank you very much for that i really appreciate that episode it was great i think that's fascinating right so where are we where are we um where are we oh yeah it feels so weird right um make sure you join us on patreon we've had a few more people join us on patreon so thank you very very much for that uh we're coming into autumn now or fall for our american listeners it's that oh. it's my favorite time of year man we're coming into the best part of the year where it's autumn things are getting a bit chilly again you know you can wear a jacket or you can buy a twpd hoodie and wear that to keep you warm whilst you're out and about excellent work there so yeah head over to the merch store pick up a hoodie if you want i got a brand like i got a bunch of shirts i think some hoodies and bits and bobs for my birthday from my partner so i'm fully decked out in all the merch so get your stuff now um head over to patreon there's some content coming that way soon um yeah support the show rate us five stars and join us for the next episode which is going to be about mother Teresa and why she's a bit of an arsehole oh controversial <laughs> right see you later goodbye sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. 
That's what you'll feel with Bolin Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bolin Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at bolinbranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High-quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.